Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, hey there, everybody. It is Monday. Woohoo! Um, I said so. I said it's almost like mir- like Community Miracles Monday because it's me followed by Reverend or Reverend Roxy followed by me. So I am glad to be here. I wasn't here last week. Um, I think last week at this time I was actually laying on a couch sleeping. <laughs> I um, went to go see my mom for Mother's Day, and it's actually my mom's birthday today. Um, but I went to go see them for a couple days. So, Lynn, whatever she played, thank you. I appreciate you taking care of such great, 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 great work you do, taking care of all of us um, when we are away for some reason. So, I'm Zazbel, and it's the month of May, and I had, each month I kind of theme, do a theme with, um, for Life Reinvented with Reverend Kelly. And for the month of May, I just felt led to do something on the body, how we relate to the body, um, and talk about, you know, so some of the physical aspects of being in our body, our diet, our exercise, as we are approaching summer, which for many people can be very triggering. And I've shared, I've had quite the experience with my body. Um, I ironically actually came to A Course in Miracles because a personal trainer um, introduced me to the course. And so we talked a little bit about that. We're going to get into that. But first, I'm going to just do an opening meditation. I'm going to guess, granted, I guess it's going to be a little bit of a shorter one today. Um, but I'm just coming in from the office. I know some of you have been here listening, and so you're probably totally grounded in spirit. But I am just got in to my little room where I do this, and so I would like to do that meditation to start. Um, I usually do different music, and this actually is a um, Tibetan healing music, and we will be um, using that just as the background music while we do this meditation. So it'll be a little, a little shorter one than sometimes, but let's do that. So I just invite you to... Uncross your arms and legs if you're able to. If it's safe, you know, if you're driving or something, then don't. Close your eyes or anything, but just, you know, get in whatever position is most comfortable for you for a meditation. And just breathe in deeply and breathe out and take a couple of nice, deep breaths. just to notice how you're feeling. Notice if there's any tension or tightness in your being. If there's any thoughts that are distracting that might be going through your mind. 
Maybe you notice there's a certain temperature, it's the air around you that's affecting the sensations of your body. And just notice, notice that. There's no judgment. None of those things are good or bad, right or wrong. But just notice the sensation that you're having at this moment. Notice the experience you're having as you're sitting here listening to ACIM Gather. And allow yourself just to release any thoughts of what's come before, releasing any concerns of what may be in the future. And just focus in again on your breath, allowing yourself to take air in and out, and just continually observing your experience. We just allow ourselves to become fully present to this moment, opening ourselves up to the miracle of relationship, the miracle of connecting with our sisters and brothers in this moment, allowing ourselves to release all thoughts of judgment, of anger, of fear, of any thought that draws our attention away, that brings our attention and leads us to a place of forgetfulness, forgetting our true nature, that we are children of God. We are critical and complete. We are the beloved child. And so we release anything that prevents us from thinking that, from remembering that. And we just commit ourselves to constantly being open to the experience that Spirit would have us to have the experience that Spirit would give us to lead us to our awakening. And with grace and gratitude, we should allow that to be, and so it is. So take another nice deep breath, and as you feel ready, you can open your eyes. You know, just open gently, maybe wiggle your fingers, wiggle your toes. Bring yourself back present and aware. Next to a series, it's, um, it's music is medicine. And that particular song is called Harmony and Balance. And I'm going to type in the name because I am not even going to think about trying to pronounce it. Um, First name is N A W A N G, and the last name's K H E C H O G, um, and it's a Tibetan healing music player. So that's about that. Let's our opening thing. So I did mention earlier um, that I was coming in from the office. I actually work at the Community Miracle Center here in San Francisco, and we have a website which is just miracles dash course.org and you know there's lots of stuff there there's lots, lots of new upcoming stuff and then my personal website is kelly k-e-l-l-y hallock h-a-l-l-o-c-k dot com and I totally acknowledge I am a bit behind on that my commitment to you here is by next Thursday so not three days away but a week from three days away 
my intention is to get that totally updated and get all my new um, videos and audio recordings and everything up there. It's been a little crazy. Reverend Tony, the executive minister, was out of town, and I was out of town, so I just got behind. But that's my website. There's still a lot of great stuff on it, in my personal opinion, um, but the, no, nothing new. So if you either go to the website or you go to iTunes and search for me, um, it's about a month, month and a half outdated, but I will be updating those, I promise you that. So as I mentioned, this month, the month of May, I just felt like, let's look at doing a body makeover, how we relate with the body, how we treat our bodies. Um, and in the first week, which is May 1st, we talked about what is the body. And I gave you a couple of different quotes, um, the first being from the section, what is the body, um, that talks about the body as a fence that the Son of God imagines he's built. That the body, you know, the body isn't really who we are. It's this imaginary thing that we think is keeping us separate. However, that section also talks about that the body becomes the mean that which we, God's Son returns to sanity, that we are able to reach our hand out, extend our hand out to our brother, and be able to join with our brother through, you know, the body, ultimately, through our experience, and this is now is the body holy. I also talked about, this is one of my, I'll say it's one of my favorite sections of the course, not because I'm like, ooh, let's talk about being sick, but because, for me, it's the guard against extremism. Some people go, you know, what's the saying? I'm so, I'm so spiritual, I'm no earthly good. Um, and some people I'm like, you know, you can, I've, I've heard people get so tied up in the teachings that they completely, try, they verbally try to deny the existence they're having. And so the Course talks about sometimes the illness, it was talking about illness, it says sometimes the illness has a sufficiently strong hold and in this case, it may be wise to utilize a compromise approach to mind and body, which sometimes outside is temporarily given healing belief. This is because the last thing that can help the non-right-minded or the sick is an increase in fear. And I suggested and gave forth the idea that we could take this passage and think of illness as anything related to the bodily experience. Some people try to say, oh, I, I'm, I'm not a body. I know I'm not a body. And I said, really? Because I don't see you walking out in the freezing cold with no clothing on. I don't see you going for days without eating. I don't see you putting your head underwater for five minutes and staying there. Because everything we say, everything we do, the simple fact you are sitting and listening with those things that you call ears to ACIM gather is an acknowledgement that you are in a bodily form, that you are having the experience of a body. And so I think the course here, even though it's saying, you know, we're not a body, we are free, we are not defined by our physical manifestation, the course is also saying, you know, if you completely say, I'm not a body, I'm going to ignore the illness, I'm going to ignore the hunger, I'm going to ignore the right to breathe, you're going to go fear. And the Course says, you know what, that's not good. That's not, that's not the solution. The solution isn't to pretend 
that you're not experiencing something that you are clearly having the experience of. And so the Course has come up with a compromise. And so I said, you know, I think in dealing with the body, you know, you don't want to make it an idol, but at the same time, you do need to acknowledge that you are having a physical experience, and in that physical experience, there are things you can do that can help reduce fear in your life and can help create relationships with your brother, or you can do things that are going to create more fear and are going to create more separation. And so I'm actually, like I said, I actually came to the course through a personal trainer, um, and then actually I was later also trained, and I'm certified through the National Academy of Sports Medicine as a personal trainer and as a weight loss specialist. Um, because my experience of the body has been from 150 pounds to 300 pounds, according to that little scale on the floor. Um, and I really had to come to a place of peace and release the suffering that has come along with that. And so we kind of talked about, like I said, we talked about what is the body on week one. Uh, May 8th, which was the second week that I was here, we just talked about eating and the, the process of consuming food. And I said, you know, one of the things that you can do to make your meal a spiritual experience is just to recognize what, what are you doing when you sit down to eat. And some of the things that we said, you know, being, a, being eating and consuming food, it can become an experience of bringing us wholly present to the moment. It's called mindful eating. Recognizing that that bite you took, you know, a minute ago is gone. Realizing the bite you haven't taken really doesn't exist. The only thing that you have is this present moment experience. It can be experience of compassion. That's the, um, that's the compromise approach. That's the approach to saying, I am going to um, recognize that I am experiencing I have a body, and then so I'm going to eat, versus being afraid of starving. I've talked about that it can be sometimes, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm called to try to meditate when I think I'm hungry, or if I think I'm going to be hungry. And so a lot of times, you know, sometimes it's just we eat so that we're not just distracted by it. It can be considered, you know, an experience of joining with a brother. It can be a time of gratitude. It can bring our, think, our awareness to wrong thinking. I've had a lot of time eating food trying to avoid false beliefs that I held. I don't want to think about this experience that I thought was painful, so I would eat. You know, that, that's, the, that's the picture of the girl or, or man, but usually stereotypically the girl curled up on the couch in her bathrobe with a quart of ice cream when the boyfriend went away. You know, and I, I, I haven't had so much of that experience, but, you know, definitely I've used food to soothe. And if we recognize, oh, gee, I just ate something because I was freaking out about an experience, it just becomes an ex a way of um, bringing awareness to us. And, you know, sometimes food may not be the best means, we would think, but maybe it may be the most effective means of dealing with a difficult situation. Sometimes we just got to kind of take a little break, get away. Um, and, you know, like I said, it, it, it may not be that these are the most spiritual 
ways of dealing with food, but I think it's a form of spirituality of acknowledging where you are in your journey. That, you know, we can all sit here and say, I am not a body. I am free. For I'm still as God created me. And guess what? You are still, every moment that you inhale, every moment that you have clothing on or don't have clothing on to make a statement, um, the fact that you're seated or standing, the fact that you're listening or typing, all are acknowledgments that you are experiencing a body. And so these talks are not based on, you know, indulge the body or deny the body, but how can you take acknowledging that you think you're a body, how can you take that experience of thinking you're a body and bring the teachings of the Course into it? So this week what I want to talk a little bit about is moving on is, um, oh, and by the way, regarding food, if you're looking for just, yeah, you know, I, I think like I said, it's, it's, I think extremism is always dangerous in many, many ways. And our experience with food falls into that. ChooseMyPlate.gov actually just gives a nice little guideline. It's a very simple, easy visual of what foods as a society we believe nurture our bodies. Um, and generally, I found that for me, I'm much more focused. My spiritual practice goes better um, when I'm following similar guidelines to that. Um, working with the different plans that they suggest, in particular, eating a lot of foods that we would call protein. Um, I'm vegetarian. I will eat meat on very rare occasion. My mom's birthday, I did eat some meat. Um, for me, you know, if you choose to eat meat, that's your choice. For me, there was a lot of guilt related to eating the meat, and it felt like energetically it was not healthy for me to consume meat that had come from, you know, what appeared to be a living creature. And so for me, I choose not to eat meat, like I said, except for extreme rare occasion. Um, but so now I do, I do a lot of alternatives for protein. And, you know, you got to see what works for you. I really think what you eat is part of your spiritual practice. And I think our spiritual practice is always very, as much as we are all joined, it is also an individual experience. You have to look and connect to the spirit within you. You have to look and be open to the guidance that you receive, and you should follow that. Don't go into fear or hurt or anger because of you're trying to do what somebody else was guided to do. Do what you're guided to do. Okay, so that was that. Sorry, I got a little tangent there. So I think I wanted to talk about exercise. We already talked a little bit about, you know, why we um, – why it's important that we do acknowledge and take care of our bodies. And I think there's a lot of excuses. And I looked online, I said, okay, where are the top excuses as to why we don't exercise? Why don't we go to the gym? And there's, you know, they weren't both based on a spiritual concept. And so I'm going to just go through them and then go to the course. And I'm going to talk about the reasons I believe we actually don't exercise. Um, people say, I can't afford to go to the gym. Um, I have health challenges. I've got, 
you know, I, I'm I'm too I'm too overweight. I'm I have a limp. I'm my my arm is you know crooked. Whatever. Um, but I have I have physical reasons why I can't go. Um, I don't know how to exercise. I don't know what to do when I get to the gym. I'm too busy. I, I think that's that's one of the most popular excuses. I'm too busy. I don't have time to get there. Exercising hurts too much. That was one of the excuses. And it's boring. I just don't like doing it. It's boring. And I think all of those, if we look at them honestly, there are realistic answers to all of them. And so that those actually really truly are excuses. You know, I can't afford a gym. I can't afford certain gyms. But like the gym my dad goes to is $10 a month. Now maybe, you know, maybe that is too much for somebody. Somebody might go, oh my God, $10 a month is a lot. Walking on the sidewalk is free. You know, so there's always a way, and you know, there's there's things that are less expensive, there's things that are more expensive, and you might say, well, I only like the expensive gym. Well, do you want to only, you know, not go to the gym or go to the least less expensive gym at that point? You know, that's, that's always a choice. Um, I have health challenges. Ability. Well, those are going to improve. Yeah. Um, and same thing. It hurts too much. Well, ease off our body, honor what you can do, honor where you're at, and recognize that as you progress, you can do more. Um, yeah, I'm too busy. I think that's one of the biggest ones, and I will say busyness is probably one of my pet peeves. I will totally acknowledge. It is one of those that anytime somebody says to me, I'm too busy, I really have to stop and check myself because that is a huge opportunity for me to go into ego because I always feel like it's an excuse. We always make time for those things that are important for us. We always manage to manipulate our schedules and our lives in such a way that we do the things that are important to us. Usually when we say, I'm too busy, I'll be honest, I think most of the time that phrase is, I have other things I would rather do. And that's okay. I, but I think the, I'm busy so I get a pass, free pass, is a little dis. I'll be really honest with that. So, and the other part with the, I'm too busy, sometimes people say, well, I'm too busy taking care of my mom. I'm too busy taking care of my children. I'm too busy doing my ministry. And I'll say to you, as soon as you become a martyr to those things, as soon as you try to go onto the cross and say, I can't take care of myself because I'm so burdened with taking care of others, you've gone away from the truth. You've stopped acknowledging that you're a child of God too. If you're doing it from a sense of martyrdom, of unworthiness, that's the issue, not the issue about time. So like I said, I think most of the reasons, most of the things we say about why we don't exercise really are, um, you know, I, I, think, I think they're common. I think a lot, a lot of times we actually believe them. But I would say there's a lot more going on 
unconsciously and in the lower realms of consciousness within the human consciousness, the, the universal consciousness, that is much more of a factor and that we can look at. And if we can heal these other things, then we can move into a space of being happy and healthy and bringing wholeness into our lives. So what's one of those? Simply, honestly, the ego doesn't like our body. The ego doesn't like it. It's ironic. The ego is basically, you know, what created the body. And the ego goes, that's a piece of crap. Why would why I don't want to live there? <laughs> and then, you know, so it's, the ego always contradicts itself. And it says in Chapter 4, it says the ego hates the body. It does not accept the, the idea that the body is good enough to be its home. And so it's like, you know, if you hate something, why would you nurture it? You're not going to say, oh, honey, I hate you. So let, let's, let, let me give you a hug because I hate you so much. You know, if you would have said that to somebody, they would be like, what the heck? You know, and I think that's just honestly just getting down to, you know, the universal consciousness. There is that egoic part that says, you know, your body's a piece of crap. You know, and I would say, honestly, I think that some people who try to make it spiritual and say, oh, I'm not a body, so I'm not going to take care of it, are being fed by this egoic thought of hating the body. I'm going to hate the body. I'm not going to care for it. I'm going to just treat it like trash. It's the thought that sometimes we will say things that sound very spiritual, very, very spiritual, and in reality, we're sounding really spiritual to hide how much we're in our ego. Now, I'll say I think one of the other big, big reasons, and this is going into the idea of and I say, you know, all these can be expanded out to full consciousness. It can be extended outward. As we compare ourselves to others, we think we're not good enough. In regards specifically to exercise, you know, there's a thought of I'm too fat. Everybody else is going to be skinnier than me. If I take a class, everybody's going to do better than me. Um, I'm not fast enough. I don't want to be on a treadmill and have the next guy next to me going really fast. Here's the thing, and I love this in Chapter 24, because it's interesting. A lot of times in the course, we put down that is saying special. And I think that this is what this passage is saying. It says, all of the tribute you have given specialness belongs to him and thus returns to you. All of the love and care, the strong protection, the thought by day and night, the deep concern, the powerful conviction this is, you belong to him. Nothing you gave to specialness but is his due, and nothing due him is not due to you. It's wordy, it's confusing, but I love the last part. Nothing due him is not due to you. You are a perfect child of God. 
And if you are comparing and despairing, saying, well, my body is not as skinny as that body, who said that that body is better because it's skinny? Really? And who said, who said that, you know, you as a being are not as good and worthy of being taken care of because, you know, maybe you're awkward or, you know, maybe, maybe you're extremely thin. You are like, oh, well, you're not very thin. Touch me. If you think your brother's better than yourself, give it up. Give it up. There is, first of all, there's no separation between you and your brother. And you are both extensions of God. You are perfect exactly how you are. And if anybody wants to judge you in a, when, they're at, when you're at the gym, that's their problem. Okay? That is their problem. That is their issue. What is your issue is how you handle your thoughts, how you an- handle your emotions, and how you handle your response to those thoughts that someone else is better than you. That's the issue. Because if you say, you know, right now I've, I've had some physical, you know, apparently I've had some physical ailments. If I went to the gym right now, I'm not able to do what I want to do. I'm not able to do the classes I want to do. I'm not able to do the exercises that I want to do. And if I say I'm not going because I'm not as good as everybody else, I've just cheated me. I've just cheated me. I've said that I'm not worthy of being taken care of. And ultimately in saying that, what happens? We say, oh, I'm, I'm too, I'm too, I'm too, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just use myself. I'm too fat right now. I'm too fat to ride a bike. Well, guess what? If I don't get on the bike, I'm probably going to stay fat. <laughs> you know, and it becomes this constant perpetuating, and it's kind of actually the third, third one I want to talk about, is we use these excuses, these thoughts, just compare and despair to become a means of separation. It is the ego's way, ultimately, of bringing us where we will not connect, where we will not be in relationship with, where we will not be with others. And so rather than thinking, oh, I'm going to compare and despair, you think, well, I've already compared, I've already despaired, so now I'm going to isolate. I'm going to think that I have to stay apart from my brother, that I can't go to the gym, I can't participate in a class, I can't do this, I can't do that, And ultimately now what you're saying is I will not join with my brother because of my judgments against my body. And so that's an illusion. You know, like I said, we're we're not separate. We're not individual. Um, But we go into that spot and we stop saying... I'm going to join with my family, we say, I'm going to be separate. I'm going to be special in a bad sort of way. I'm going to be, you know, I'm the only child of God who can't go out and join with my brothers and sisters. And guess what, guys? Here's the big part I wanted to go to. 
big part of why we avoid the gym. It allows us to play the victim and not take responsibility for our experiences. If we don't go to the gym, it becomes an excuse for us to play the victim and not take responsibility for our experiences. And of course, there's three. Some post this completely different topic, but I think it applies. Um, this is the only thing that you need to do for vision, happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin, all to be given you. Sounds great. Say only this, but mean it with no reservations. For here the power of salvation lies. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience, and I decide on the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I had asked. Deceive yourselves no longer that you are helpless in the face of what is done to you. Acknowledge but that you have been mistaken, and all effects of your mistakes will disappear. I saw this posted in a Facebook group earlier today. And like I said, it had nothing to do with physical exercise, um, <laughs> the context it was in. But somebody said, do you believe this? And a bunch of people were like, yeah, yeah, I totally believe it. And I, it was, I will say it was challenging to not go into judgment. Because some of those people I have seen lash out and kind of be mean and kind of attack. And I'm thinking, you know, if, if you truly believe this passage, you know, you are going to be happy and released from pain and complete escape from sin. And it's that idea of you have to take responsibility. If you are saying, my physical body is holding me back, I'm too fat, I have too many injuries, I have... I'm too skinny, I'm too awkward, I'm too, you know, fill in whatever words that, you know, go through your mind. What's that tirade of thoughts you have that keep you from the gym that are the I am too this or I'm too that? First of all, 15 says I'm responsible for what I see. I'm responsible for what I see, and I choose the feelings I experience. If I look in the mirror and say, I'm too fat to go to the gym, that's my decision. That's my choice. If I say, I'm not capable of working out, I'm too busy, that is my choice to perceive myself as too busy. And in doing so, what am I saying? Well, we're going back to what I said earlier. You know, you're basically saying, I'm not going to take care of this body because, and then you're filling in one of those thoughts that isn't true. I'm not getting body because I'm too spiritual to do that. Really? How many other ways are you taking care of the body that you're not admitting? <laughs> and how much fear 
do you have when you don't take care of the body? Um, I'm not taking care of the body because I'm too busy. Really? How many hours have you spent, dare I say it, listening to ACIM Gather? <laughs> I love ACIM Gather, but let's be honest, some of us use it to zone out with it, you know? Um, I'm too busy because my children needed me. Well, again, you know, that's that whole martyrdom, and, and my children are more worthy than I am. And in all of those, regardless of what the excuse, even if you want to say, oh, no, I really am too busy, that's really legitimate for me, the Course says you are responsible for what you see. And if you are then looking at the situation saying, I can't go to the gym, poor me, I'm unhealthy, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm going to go eat some worms, you know that old song, nobody likes me, everybody hates me, I'm going to eat some worms. I'm not baby, I used to sing that when I was a kid. And it was so now I look back, I'm like, why would any kids sing that song? Suppressing Nobody likes me, everybody hates me? Well, guess what? Your thoughts of what you are doing are exactly that. If you say, I'm not good enough, I'm not important enough to take to the gym, that's where you've gone in your mind. You've gone to a place of unworthiness. And so you have to acknowledge that, you know. You're not going to motivate yourself to go to the gym by saying, I'm fat, I'm ugly. Why would you go then, you know? And I, I hear so many people, spiritual students, saying that. And I'll say, I am very, I try to be very cautious with my language. I believe that I'm overweight. I understand that's a personal belief. Um, I have been diagnosed by doctors as having what they call binge eating disorder. Um, it's a... It's basically the opposite of anorexia, being instead of controlling my environment through not eating, I control my environment through eating, or I try to. Um, but I never say I have binge eating disorder. I, you, will, you will probably never hear me say that. What I say when I'm talking about is I have been diagnosed with binge eating disorder. Because I recognize that the binge eating disorder is a thought. It is a experience that I believe I'm having, but it is not the truth of who I am. And so I would even say, if you think like, oh, you know, my body, you know, I'm not healthy. My doctor says I need to lose weight. Say that. Say, my doctor feels that I should lose weight. To avoid going into fear as a spiritual student, I am choosing to take steps that would seemingly accomplish what my doctor has told me. Just don't allow yourself to be defined by it. And in doing that, you are then recognizing your responsibility in it. Your responsibility that this is what you are choosing, this is what you are feeling. And it says, I decided on the goal I would achieve. 
and everything that seems to happen to me, I asked for and received as I had asked. Anybody ever gets a chance, read Radical Forgiveness by Colin Tipping. The whole book is in essence, and it's Course in Miracles based. I don't agree with everything he says, but it's, he does quote the Course quite a bit. The concept of radical forgiveness is the idea of soul contracts. And it's the idea that either prior to coming into this body or at a spiritual level of which our bodies are not aware, we have things to learn and heal in this life. And that everything comes to us from love for that purpose to bring healing into our lives, to help us in awakening. And so I will be honest, like I said, I've had this experience of having extreme weight fluctuations, pretty severe. Um, I've been literally, you know, 300 pounds, and I've been half of that. And I'm somewhere in between the two right now. Um, there's the part of me I could get angry, and I could say, you know, well, you know, I, I, I wasn't taught good eating habits growing up. You know, my parents, you know, they, they thought they knew what they were talking about, but they didn't teach me very good nutrition. Or, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, when I was in college, people were mean to me in college. And so I, you know, and, and you can go into all of that. And you could be like, oh, poor me. I, I, I'm not happy with how my body looks or I'm not happy with how my body acts. Give it up. Give up the judgment not only of others, not only of circumstances, but of yourself. And say to yourself, I am accepting the body that I'm in at this moment, that I am accepting the experience that I am having of this body, because it is part of the learning so that I can reach the goal that I chose, that I would achieve. So deceive yourself no longer that you are helpless in the face of what is done to you. I would say done to you by yourself also. A lot of eating disorders is self-inflicted behaviors. They're coping mechanisms. I will say eating, eating disorders are largely coping mechanisms for individuals who don't know how to deal with circumstances otherwise. And in that, you can acknowledge and say, oh, I was mistaken. I was mistaken. I thought I was a victim, and I wasn't. And the same applies to exercise. You know, I, I can't, you know, right now my doctor has actually advised, I don't go to the gym right now. Um, and my physical therapist has advised the same. There's a part of me that can become very angry and very upset at that. Because the flip side is, is the exercise, you can go to the other extreme. You can start making body into an idol. And I'm not talking about that either. I'm talking about acknowledging where fear arises and managing it with an approach that is loving. But I could sit here and say, oh, I'm a victim because I, ha I can't go to the gym right now. Isn't that horrible? And instead, I look and I say, I'm not helpless. This has been done to me for a reason. I will choose the exercise that best supports me at this time. 
and I will care for my body as well as I can so that it does not become a distraction from my spiritual path. And then when I am feeling more physically able, I will acknowledge that that is my new experience and that I then can choose exercises that are appropriate for me then. So right now, you know, I got a new Fitbit watch. Got it a few weeks, got about two weeks ago. And my Fitbit watch wants me to walk 10,000 steps a day. Right now, my experience is if I try to do that, I am in physical pain. I then don't sleep well. And my experience is when I don't sleep well, I can get pretty grumpy and pretty mean to people. I'm not very loving. I'm not very forgiving. So I recognize that for now, to reach that goal is not loving to myself, and it will likely not support me in loving and forgiving and being awake with others. What I can do, however, is set the hourly reminder to walk 250 steps. And so that's what I'm doing right now. Every hour, I walk 250 steps from about 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. It's nowhere near 10,000. But it's the exercise that I can do at this moment. It helps me to feel better. I find it gives me a more clear mind. I'm able to relax and release stress and judgment and frustration I might be having in a current situation. And it respects the experience I'm having now. It's respecting that my body that I experience today needs to move. And it's respecting that the body I seem to have today can't move as much as I would like it to. And that's how you have to approach exercise. That's how you have to approach pretty much everything that you are experiencing. Where are you today? What is the loving choice that you are guided by Holy Spirit to do? And neither go less than or more than that. If you do less than what you're guided to do by Spirit, you know, then you're not following your guidance. If you try to do more than that, you're ultimately becoming abusive to yourself. And you're ignoring the guidance of the Spirit then too. It's that compromise approach that it talks about regarding illness. You take a pill that will treat the illness you have today. And if the illness you have today is by exercise, then that's the pill you take. If the illness you have is not by exercise, then you don't. You find what is the loving choice guided by spirit. We don't deny the experience. We don't indulge the experience. We just know that it is the experience we are having. Hmm. Hmm. I had another quote, but I think I'm going to skip it. I'm feeling complete with that, and so I think I want to, um, yeah, I want to honor that. <laughs> Um, I, said to, I said to someone earlier, I said, you know, we, okay. 
Sorry for the jingle of keys. That was Reverend Tony walking in. <laughs> um, we have to honor the experience that we are having, whatever form it shows up. You know, like that moment, I could have been like, oh, my gosh, Reverend Tony opened the door when I'm doing my program. Um, yeah. Oh, well, Reverend Tony opened the door while I'm doing my program. Um, we acknowledge where we're at. We do, and this is also, if you ever read the Four Agreements by Juan Miguel Ruiz, I believe that's correct. Um, one of the things is you do your best. And your best is neither less than or more than what you are able to do. And that's why I really want to encourage you. And find something you enjoy. Find something that brings you joy and happiness and fun. I'll tell you, there's classes that I've taken that I have hated. And I'm not going to say hated as in like I'm in judgment, they're bad, but they were not for me. I'm telling you that right now. There are classes I've taken were not for me. Um, Step aerobics, up and down the little step, not for me. Um, (laughs) No, there's a few things like that. Jazzercise, not for me. What is for me, I love taking a good cycling class. I can get lost in the music of a good cycling class. I can really get completely present in the moment with a good boot camp class. And I'll say to you, the best boot camp classes is when I ignored everyone around me, sometimes even ignored the instructor, and just did my personal best. And that's what I think we're called to in every situation. So, let's take a couple minutes here and do a little meditation, and then we will continue on with our day. Ooh, sorry. (laughs) Had a little, little yawning moment there. Okay, so let's go ahead and close your eyes, get comfy. Um... Whatever that means for you. Uncross your arms, uncross your legs if you're able. Close your eyes if you're able. Just don't do anything that either is or feels unsafe to you. And just take a couple of nice deep breaths. And as you do so, I would just invite you to focus on the middle of your torso, on the stomach area. And just completely feel the air coming in, completely inflating the stomach area, and then exhale, completely deflating it. Taking some nice, deep, deep, full-body breaths. And just continue and take another deep breath. And I acknowledge that for some people, breathing into the stomach area, expanding the stomach area, can feel challenging. And I would just invite you, as you do so, to think to yourself, I am perfect. I am holy. I am as God created me. I am perfect, I am holy, 
I am as God created me. And just take a couple more deep breaths using that mantra. I am perfect, I am holy, and I am as God created me. And then as you exhale here, I just invite you to think of maybe some thoughts. How do you perceive your body? If I said to you, describe your body to me, what words come to mind? These words don't need to be positive. They don't need to be negative. Just be honest with yourself. If I said, describe your body, how would you see, the, see it as? How would you describe it? And I invite you just to think of each of those words separately. And think of a little child. If you were to tell a child, you are, and then fill in that word, how would that feel? Maybe it feels good. You say to the child, you are... You are tall. You are petite. You know, maybe those words that you think, think of your body to a child would sound very good. And maybe there's words that are not so loving. You might think. I'm fat, I'm short, I look like a giraffe, I'm too skinny. And yet each of those words is just simply a rephrasing of the first set of words that I gave you. Someone might say, I'm petite, and someone else might describe themselves as too thin. Someone might describe themselves as being strong, and somebody else describes it as being fat. Whatever words you use to describe the body that you now find yourself, those words are simply your thoughts. It does not make them true. It doesn't make them false. It's just a thought that you are having. And the question is, what are you going to do with that thought? Are you going to limit yourself? 
are you going to judge yourself and be in anger and hurt? Or are you willing to release those thoughts that may have been negative? You may even want to release the thoughts that you think are more positive and replace them with the thoughts that God has of you. You are a holy child of God. You are wholly innocent. You are love and you are loved. God is expressing itself as you, through you, and for you. The question is, do you choose your perception of yourself to limit yourself, to avoid that which God and Spirit calls you to? Or are you willing to embrace that which is true and live as you are called for you to have a body that is holy and is the means for your salvation. And so I just offer to you to take in a nice few more breaths. And as you do so, say to yourself, I live with the knowledge that I am a child of God. I live high. I live with the knowledge that I am a child of God. And as you exhale, we're releasing any thoughts, any beliefs that are contrary to that. Releasing judgments, any fears, anything we're using to prevent ourselves from acting out of love towards ourselves. And so we give thanks gratitude for all the angels, for the spirit that is supporting us, for all of our mighty companions here on ACM Gather and elsewhere, whom we can join with, both in mind and experience, to support us in experiencing a body that is our means of salvation, that is becoming holy, that is being used by to awaken us and to awaken the world. And so we say thank you and we allow it to be. And so it is. Amen. Well, I want to thank you very much for being here with me today on Life Reinvented with Reverend Kelly. I will be here next week, same time, same bat channel. 
And I actually will be the speaker on Sunday service this week with the Sunday gathering at the CMC at 11 Pacific to Eastern. And right now, I believe my topic is going to be Stop Harming Yourself. And I'm going to talk about um, self-harm and the things we do that are really damaging ourselves in body, mind, and spirit. And so I'll actually go along somewhat with the things I said today. So join me then. Take care. Love y'all. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you so much, Rev. Kelly. And uh... Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.